So today, um, I wanted to look at the book of Hebrews. Um, the author of the book isn't recorded, and apparently it's been much debated. Um, it's the other one, Eric, yeah. No, no, it's the other one. Um, but what we do know is that it was written to the church in Italy um, and compares and contrasts Jesus to key historical people and events from the, from the Hebrew Bible, from the Old Testament. Um, and through these comparisons, thank you, um, we see how Jesus is greater than the angels, greater than Moses, the promised land, earthly priests, sacrifices, indeed anything that we as humans decide to revere or to hold up. Um, the message of this message of superiority of Jesus was particularly important and particularly aimed to the Jewish Christians in Rome. Um, they were struggling under the persecution of Nero at the time and were perhaps considering moving back towards a mosaic law, so actually more than perhaps they were wondering whether they made the right decision at that point because they were, they were under so much persecution. Um, so the writer showed the, those first Christian believers that though they were faced with suffering, they were actually following the, the correct path, the better path, and they should persevere. So we're going to look more specifically at Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And in this part of the scripture, our Christian life is likened to a race. Um, and we're told to focus our lives on Jesus through that race. So we start with the first verse. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So this verse starts talking about a great cloud of witnesses. Um, just like a strange turn of phrase, I suppose. But what he was referring to were the believers who had gone before, before those first Christians, but certainly uh, well before us. The Greek words used apparently could be translated to mean martyrs. Um, so it clearly means uh, people who've got, who have gone before rather than people who are just elsewhere. But people who have been saved by Jesus, and who are, now, who are now encouraging us in our own Christian life. Um, and I think the author was also reminding the readers at the time that whilst they were going through hardships, Jesus had gone through bigger hardships, and other people actually had gone through harder times uh, before, before them, so that, you know, to encourage them. So you can already start to see the sporting imagery developing with this, with the holy crowd cheering us on, you know, this sort of, this image of people you know, really supporting those first believers and, and now supporting us. Um, so we're then told to throw off the sin that could drag us down and slow our race. Who remembers school sports days? Who remembers the three-legged race? Was anybody any good at the three-legged race? I wasn't. I was terrible. I wasn't very sporty, it's safe to say. Um, in fact, I wasn't very sporty at, at all. Um, but the winner of the three-legged race was a bit of an unusual one, wasn't it? Because it wasn't necessarily the fastest runner. It was the, the best-coordinated pair, really, the two who worked together, the two who supported each other. Because if one person ran faster than the other one, then you were flat on your face very, very quickly, as I seem to remember, several times. Um, so in our race of faith, we need to give our life to Jesus to make sure we're coordinating with him and that we have him as our partner, as the best partner in our race of life. Um, we could also, li also liken this to our Christian church family. You know, if you look around this morning, um, 
it's important that we're part of a fellowship of people who will support us during the tough and the good times. Um, we heard earlier from Jen how Peter sank when he didn't focus on Jesus. Um, he had the faith to step out in the first place. In fact, he was, when you read, he was really keen to step out. He had no doubt at all that everything would be okay when he, when he jumped out of the boat. Um, but then he lost focus on why he got out of the boat in the first place. So in this way, we're reminded that becoming a Christian is just the start of our journey, not the end. You can be full of that excitement, can't you, at the beginning of your, your, your journey of faith, and then life can take over and we can lose focus, and then we can start to sink. Um, the good news is, and the encouraging news is, that, that as soon as we cry for help, Jesus reaches out a hand, as he did with Peter, and he picks us back up. So we need to make sure that we, that we keep focusing on Jesus in that race. Then we say to let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Here we're encouraged to persevere, not to give up at the bumps in the road, or certainly not the first bumps in the road. Um, Jesus never promised us an easy race. In fact, he actually told us the opposite many times. Life is going to be hard if you follow, if you follow me. Um, but he did tell us to focus on God rather than the obstacles in life which can be difficult when we're facing those obstacles, can't it? They become all-consuming. You know, the, the Christian life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, we're in it for the long haul. Um, if the start of the race is to give our lives to Jesus and the end is to be Christ-like, it's, that's a, that's a, well, for me, that's a long, long, that's a long road. It's a long marathon. It's an ultra-marathon, yeah? Um, but we're also reminded here in the race marked out for us that God has plans for each of us. Each of us has a race marked specifically for us. Everybody, everybody, our lives will be different. Our races will be different. Our challenges and our, our joys will be different. So as Christians, we know how a race starts in giving our life. And we know how it ends, but we don't actually know what happens in between. Uh, next one, please, Eric. Thank you. So the next verse, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So I don't know about you, but I'm very easily distracted. Very easily distracted. You know, I'm going to have ten things on the go at the same time, doing none of them very well, which is not a good trait. Um, and we're going to do a, a, a small test now. I don't know if this will work. I saw this some time ago, and it, it worked very well, but I'm not sure if it will work on the screen here. It will work, but I'm not sure whether the test will work. So we'll see how we go. But you see a short video, and there are two teams on the video. There's one team wearing white shirts and another team wearing black shirts. And they're, gonna, they're roaming around each other and they're passing the uh, basketball. So what you've got to do is, you gotta, and you've got to really focus because they are kind of weaving in and out of one another. You've got to focus on the team with the white T-shirts and count how many times they pass the basketball. Not bounce it how many times it passes. So you've got to really focus because it gets quite confusing. At the end, I'll ask you how many catches you think you've counted. Don't shout anything out. Okay? So we'll see if it works. Eric? It should. Hopefully. If not, I'll have to describe it to you. Uh, it's supposed to play. Do you want to try it? It's going to be a big build-up if it now doesn't play, isn't it? 
No. That would have been a clever idea, wouldn't it? Oh, was, oh. <sighs> the wounds of modern technology. Oh, never mind. I'll have to describe to you what happened. So, which somehow doesn't have the same impact, but never mind. Um, so what you see is you've got the two teams of people and the bouncing basketballs between them. And when you really focus on the white team, you can count how many times they bounce the ball. If anybody wants a link, I'll send it to you. It won't work, now I've told you um, what happens, because once you know, you can't unsee it. Um, and, you, and you're focusing so hard. This was a test, I can't remember who did it, but it was a psych, psychologist test, Jen, you maybe knew it from, from college. But um, you're focusing so much on the team of the white ball, halfway through, somebody in a gorilla suit, black gorilla suit, walks in the middle, does that, and then walks off. And in the test, 50% of the people didn't see the gorilla. And as soon as you've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's, it's impossible to unsee it once you know it's there, but 50% of the people didn't see the gorilla because they were focusing so much on the team with the white shirts. It would have been interesting to see whether it worked. Um, and... It just reminded me, when I, I can't remember when I saw this, it was on some podcast or other, as, as I have a habit of picking these things up. But it just made me think at the time how easy it is to get focused on something which may not be the most important part of the video. Not that the gorilla necessarily was. Um, but you can focus on something to the exclusion of all else, and that's actually what, what it was proving. You know, the idea that we can multitask is, is, is not true. Physically, we are not able, or mentally, we're not able to multitask. You can only focus on one thing at a time. And the more that you focus on it, the more everything else kind of blurs into, into insignificance. There's a very good one that does a, an audio file version as well, where in the middle, somebody starts to say, I am a gorilla, I am a gorilla, I am a gorilla. And you, can't, you physically cannot hear it. It's really strange until you know it's there. Because your brain just tunes things out. Our brain's very good at tuning out what it thinks is irrelevant. Um, and that's sometimes how my life can feel. You know, your work gets busy. You can, you can just be focusing on entirely the wrong things. We can fill our life with distractions, can't we? And get our life full of things that we can forget to focus on Jesus. Um, whatever we put at the center of our lives becomes our focal point. So, early, you know, we could, let's make sure we're focusing on the right things. So earlier we sang, Jesus be the center. Let me just remind you of the words. Be my source, be my light. Be my hope, be my song, be my path, be my guide. Be the fire in my heart. Be the wind in these sails. Be the reason that I live, Jesus. So it just reminds us to put Jesus at the centre of our life. And I've just spoiled that video for you if you ever go and watch it now. I actually like preparing for a sermon. Whilst I get quite nervous, and until about 20 minutes before I'm going to do it, I'm convinced it's going to be a disaster, which it may be. Um, but luckily, everybody's too nice to tell me that. Um, but the, you know, at the moment, I'm very busy with work, crazy busy at work, actually. We've got quite a lot going on in the personal life. Um, and there are many things demanding my time that I can very easily lose focus on Jesus. But when I'm preparing for a sermon, I have no, no option. I have to prioritise that over certain things. I have to make the time. And Jen will say to me, are you prepared? You know, she'll, she'll be a good squeaky wheel and say, have you prepared? You know, are you on top of this? Which is exactly what I need, by the way. Um, and I can suddenly find, you know, when you get that busy, I can suddenly find life hard. 
and stressful. And I can struggle to get things under control, which I will always try and get things under control myself. And it takes quite a while to suddenly realize I've actually not been praying and placing it in the hands of Jesus. I've not been handing things over. And then, you, you know, it's a real slap on the forehead moment where you think, what am I doing? You know, sit back, you pray about it, hand them over. And, and problems don't go, I mean, sometimes they do go away, but problems don't necessarily go away. But everything suddenly becomes manageable again. Does anybody remember the old radio stations? And I apologize to Sarah and the youngies in the room. Does anybody remember the radio stations with the dial? Yeah? Where you had to kind of just, you know, it was all fuzzy, wasn't it? If you were slightly off the, radio, off the station, it would go fuzzy and it would distort. If you got it too far off, you could end up with two stations at the same time and kind of this kind of cross-talk, which was even worse. Maybe on the, whole, the wrong program altogether. Yeah? If you're not tuned into God through Jesus, then you'll struggle to hear the message. You may even get the wrong one, which is worse. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Um, and this verse finishes with, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus saw the joy and perfection of heaven, uh, and to allow us to do the same, to do the same, he sacrificed himself dying on the cross for our sins and taking up his place at his father's side. Last one, please, Eric. So in last verse here, in verse three, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So finally, we're told to consider Jesus who made himself a servant, uh, made himself fully human. He endured terrible opposition uh, terrible trials with people speaking against him and condemning him to an awful death on the cross. Um, we know how that was banned even by the, the Roman people themselves who were being too hideous um, punish, of a punishment. We're called to reflect on the fact that Jesus suffered considerably more than any of his disciples or the martyrs who followed uh, and more than anything we will ever face, not only physically but also mentally in being separated in the end there from his, from his father. Before, before he died. We're not asked to venture into suffering on purpose. Jesus doesn't tell us to, to welcome suffering. Um, but we do know it will come. He, know, he knew it would come. And, and we're to look to him as our great encourager so we'll not be drained, discouraged, disheartened, or be tempted to sin. Reflecting on Jesus' sacrifice is to give us courage and strength when faced with our own troubles. The writer of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus went through his trials fully human. In Romans 12, Paul begs us to give everything to God because he gave everything to us. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So how are we to focus on God? How are we to, to make sure that we put Jesus and God at the centre of our lives. In John 14, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. So by focusing on Jesus, we are focusing on God. And that was it, the whole idea was to, of Jesus coming really, I believe, or certainly one of the main reasons for coming was to give us something we could understand. God's too big to understand. You know, we can get the paintings in the Middle Ages of a, of a guy with a big white beard, but God is just too, too big for us in our human brains to, to understand. But Jesus, we could understand because Jesus came as a, as a human and we could understand 
uh, that you know we could focus on some on, on that person so living in Jesus starts with stillness and that can be a bit hard to find in our busy lives can't it I've just told you what my life can be like and I'm sure we're all the same but we can give five minutes a day quiet you know just to considering Jesus and what he did for us we can find those quiet times in amongst the bursts of activity just to focus on, on Jesus and to ask him to speak to us and to thank him or ask for his help. And of course, we need to read scripture, read God's word to find out how Jesus wants us to live uh, and ask God to speak to us about his word. There are many Bible apps that throw things at us. I have one that throws scripture at me every day and gives me little bits of you know, snippets of, of Bible verse. It's, it's even printed on paper, I believe. Um, but creating habits brings us closer to God through Jesus. So I think back to that school sports day, you know, with our parents at the finishing line, with me huffing and puffing, probably at the back of the pack, still cheering, cheering me on with a huge smile. You know, if we think of Jesus doing that, as we apologise for our sins and transgressions when we get things wrong, we can visualise Jesus waiting for us at the finish line, waiting to welcome us into his arms. The end of the race is, is all that matters. How we get there isn't really important. It's just the fact that we do get there. And the end of the race is to be as Christ-like as we can in our humanity, um, asking for help and forgiveness along the way. We'll occasionally trip. We may frequently trip. But Jesus is there waiting to pick us up. Thank you, God. So I'll close with a prayer and then... What I'd like to do is have a bit of open prayer time. So if anybody wants to share, please do. If not, we'll just sit in quiet for a few minutes. Um, and then we'll sing our last hymn before we close. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, I surrender my life to you, hand everything over to you, all my thoughts, actions, hopes and dreams. I want you to be glorified through my deeds and let your love shine through me. Lord, please encourage me in my race of life. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, that you are the pace setter in our race of life, Lord. Thank you that if we follow you, we know we'll get to the right place at the right time, Lord. Just thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the relationship that you want to have with us and for the, your encouragement that we know in the, in the good times you'll be celebrating for us, Lord. In the bad times you'll be there to, to hold us up and to carry us on, Lord. That you'll give us a strength to survive anything that the, that the world throws at us. Lord, we just praise and worship you. Give all, you all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.